0: This
1: is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast and find out about events and training in your area.
2: Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin, I'm your host here and the ministry lead at Parenting for Faith. It is a joy to be with you. Thank you for turning up. Thank you for pressing play wherever you get your podcasts. If you don't already, we would be so grateful if you could take a minute to rate, review and subscribe It makes sure you never miss out on an episode and it helps more people to find out that we exist. You would be amazed the number of Parenting for Faith fans who use all our resources, all the free courses that we offer, who come to our events, who read our books, who have no idea we have a podcast um, and really find that useful and benefit from it. So uh, do tell a friend about it. If you are an Instagram user, if you want to screenshot listening and post it in stories, we'd love that too. Um, just share the word. Uh, but da, 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 today is the day. I've mentioned a few times about the Big Give. This is our Christmas campaign uh, where you can double your money By the magic of Match Funding, for every £1 that you give to Parenting for Faith this week, it will become £2 for us to do uh, all the things that we do to answer your questions, to produce this podcast, uh, to uh, give courses away for free and all the resources that go along with that, to write books um, in answer to your questions, and from now until the 6th of December you can donate there'll be a link in the show notes and we're hoping to raise £20,000 to help us keep doing what we're doing uh, throughout the next year thank you so much for those of you who already give as friends um, from £2 a month but we are really excited about this opportunity so thank you for partnering and joining with us But I'm going to hand over now to my colleague, Iona Gray, uh, as she interviews Lizzie, who's written a family devotional about Christmas, and is going to help us think a bit more broadly about how we can keep our kids connecting to God throughout this busy season through December.
0: Um, So I am joined today by Lizzie Lafferton, um, and she is here to talk about her new book coming out, which is a family devotional called The God of Amazing Kids. Um, So Lizzie, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Could you tell us a bit more about yourself?
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks very much for having me. Um, Yeah, so I'm Lizzie. I live in Sutton in London with my husband um, and our two children who are 10 and 8. And before moving to this part of the country, we actually used to live and work up in Hull uh, where my husband was working for a church. And I was a secondary school teacher, so I used to teach Spanish. Um, and since having the children and moving here um, and they starting school, um, I have found myself writing devotional material for families and churches, which is often something to do with Christmas. I do feel like I spend most of my year thinking about Christmas, but I'm very pleased to talk about it today.
0: Oh great well thank you so much for joining us. Um, so I guess to start off with we just learned to talk about how Christmas is often like a really wonderful but also very busy time of year for families um, and many of us are keen to help our kids remember what Christmas is really all about and keep th- keeping them connecting with God throughout December um, and obviously that will look different for every family. Um, but do you have any suggestions or ideas for different things to maybe try this year?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely feeling the busyness. I'm already a bit kind of, up oh, at my yeah. Christmas to-do mm-hmm. list. So the, the way I'm thinking about it this year is I'm not going to try to do anything different. I want to look at the the things we're going to be doing anyway as a family as part of our Christmas traditions and, and try to think about doing them a bit differently. Um, I actually think traditions are our friends at Christmas it's really helpful that traditions are expected because mm-hmm. kids I think well adults as well actually the things that get remembered are the things that get repeated so when I think about my childhood Christmas the things I can recall the lasting impressions are the things we did every year um, so when I think of Christmas morning I think of jelly tots because I ate an entire tube <laughs> before breakfast every time <laughs> well yeah I mean as, now that I'm a parent that makes my eyes water slightly but <laughs> I remember that because it was an annual annual thing so What we want to do, um, I think, is make the most of those things we're going to be doing anyway, the Christmas traditions, and see if we can tweak them slightly to give them a a Christ focus amongst all the busyness. Um, So I think traditions that help keep Jesus central, that capitalise on things we're doing anyway, might involve looking for the times in our day when we read stories. If we've got younger children, there's often stories before bedtime. I've got junior school aged kids and they have a certain number of reads they're meant to do at home every week and I have to write a comment on them. Um, If we're going to do those things anyway, let's be reading the Christmas story, be that in a Mm. children's retelling or straight from scripture. Um, If we're going to read, let's read about Jesus. Um, We're going to be putting up decorations. Um, Could they include Christ's name somewhere? Could we make sure that among the stars and the um, the baubles, it says Emmanuel, and we talk about the meaning, yeah. or it says Jesus Christ, or the names the promised son is given in Isaiah 9, and, and talk about what those show us about our great God. Um, and you, you mentioned it in your question about, about not just sort of focusing and keeping him central, but actually connecting with God at this busy time mm. of year. We, this year in our household, we're going to try and do a few things. Um, that capitalise on the things we're going to be doing anyway. So we're going to be doing shopping. There's more shopping in December than happens any other time of year. And something I'm trying to encourage our children to do with me is to pray before we go shopping, asking God to give us what he knows we need and afterwards thanking him for what he chose to give us, even if it wasn't what we were hoping to find, so that we're talking to the children about the fact that God is the provider. God is the one who gives us all these things as good gifts um we're going to we've got they always have an advent calendar even if i don't want them to have chocolate advent calendars they appear from somewhere (laughs) they're just (laughs) cloning themselves in the living room um and it struck me that that's something we do every day every day we open the door it's this little moment in the day that's fixed and so something we're going to try and do is every day we open a door we're going to pause and thank god for a gift he's given us Mm. Um, and on the second day we're going to do it for two and on the third day we're going to do it for three just to encourage them to be giving thanks to God among all the busyness. I think there are other moments like that in the day. I don't know about you, but we, you know, when it, when the lights fall, we turn the Christmas tree lights on. And that's just another moment, another little thing you're going to be doing anyway, when you could learn a memory versus a family, like
0: mm-hmm. Isaiah
1: 9 verse 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, or John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Um, it's just finding those little moments where you don't need to do more but you can just do it slightly differently to keep users central.
0: Yeah, they're great suggestions. Thank you so much. That's really helpful. So we touched a bit on shopping um, and something else that we wanted to ask you was sort of what you thought about giving gifts at Christmas. And if there's a way that we can do that, that doesn't fuel consumerism uh, or discontent, but does reflect biblical values of gratitude and generosity.
1: Yeah, I really uh, feel the tension behind that question. That's something I've really wrestled with as someone who loves giving gifts, but nevertheless wants to help my children think about God in the middle of the gift giving. And so I think where I've landed is I want to encourage my children to see God as the gift giver and all the lovely things we enjoy as Christmas as good gifts that come from his Hands, I think that frees us from worrying about whether we should be enjoying them or not. So if we're too excited about them and not excited enough about Jesus, if we're thinking these came from God, God is so lavish, God is so generous, God is so kind. And I think we can involve children in gift giving in such a way that we're encouraging them to be like Jesus in his approach to other people. He shows us what giving looks like, giving that is humble and giving that is need meeting and giving that is sacrificial. Um, So I think there is a way to do Christmas presents um, where we're encouraging our children both to look at Christ as the giver and imitate Christ as the giver. So in our household, what that looks like practically is that we mentioned praying about shopping. Um, We've always expected our children to be involved in giving gifts in some way. So when they were very small, They had no money to spend, but they could sacrifice time and they could sacrifice energy and effort and not playing with their toys because they were making a present for someone. And it was bookmarks and it was painted paperweights and it was baking. Um, But they have learned that they are gift givers as well. They're not just getters. Um, So I'm always really excited when come November, December, they start talking about what they want to give. And yes, of course, they folded over the corners of the sylvanian family booklet to tell me exactly which one they're most excited about but they're they're also talking about what they're going to give
0: yeah Um,
1: so i think involving them in that spreading out the gift opening uh, on christmas day so that they are watching one another open presents and learn to be as pleased for other people as they are for themselves um, are really helpful ways to do it that keeps the focus on not just being a getter
0: yeah no absolutely that's that's great thank you so much um and how can how do you think we can help our our kids engage with the Christmas story itself um and help them see how it's relevant to their lives today
1: sure so in terms of engaging with the Christmas story I it get it depends a bit on their age I think but there are all sorts of um christmas retellings for different ages mm-hmm. um, and what that might look like might vary so if you've got a, a storybook with a young one you might be having props and you might be playing um, and acting out the scene with them with your duplo or your lego or whatever it might be but for young when my kids were very young i was looking for stories that were going to really ground them in the actual christmas story so they they learned to know what was in the bible separate from all the other christmas traditions that sort of yes. come alongside that and with older kids, I think there are, there are other resources, be they devotionals, that's the sort of thing I've been trying to write, but other retellings aimed at more of the, the tween and teen audience that help them to see beyond just the action that gets turned into a nativity play or a Christmas card and see what the story actually reveals to them about the God who interacts with all these people. Um, and I think it's actually thinking about the people in the story that help children to see the relevance of it to their lives. So I was, um, I got the opportunity to sit in recently and just listen to some church workers, kids workers talking about how they were planning to do Christmas. It was the most exciting way to spend a morning. I got to <laughs> listen to their brilliance. And one thing they were talking about is the ordinariness of Mary and the ordinariness of the shepherds. And ordinariness is something we can relate to. Kids are not sparkling with fame, but those Ordinary people got invited to be part of something extraordinary, and we get to be invited too. Or with older kids, we might think about the emotions of the story, how scary and uncertain it must have been for Mary and Joseph, the scorn that they would have been subjected to because of Mary's circumstance, and talk with them about what did Mary and Joseph know about God that meant they could have peace and they could really trust in circumstances that were really scary and really challenging, teenagehood might be a scary challenging time but yeah. there are truths about God that help us there are with older kids you might talk about the social context Jesus was born into and justice and poverty and political oppression and rulers throwing their weight around and celebrate with them the fact that Jesus came for the humble and he came for the outsider he came for the shepherds and he came for the magi and I think children they either know what it feels like to be powerless or excluded or they fear being powerless and excluded yeah And this story shouts about the God who sees and the God who cares. And he invites that sort of person to come and know Jesus. I I think there's lots that that children can hold on to in the story and see why it matters to them.
0: Yeah, they're really helpful, practical kind of examples. So thank you. Um, And obviously, we as parents are co-journeers with our children. And, you know, we're both learning to know God better. Um, and that doesn't mean that we always go at the same speed. Mm. Um, so I know that you include different options for this at the end of your devotional. Um, so can you just tell us a bit more about how you kind of see that working?
1: Yeah, of course. So the devotional is aimed at families with children aged seven and, and up right through their t- their teenage years. And I I guess you're talking about the bit at the end of each day's session where I'm trying to take the truths about God from the passage and think about how they affect our, change our thinking or affect our passions or our actions. And that's actually a really hard bit to write because you don't know who you've got. It's not like Mm -hmm. Sunday school um, or your own family where you know who you're speaking to. And I'm aware that you could have, you could have a seven-year-old, a 17-year-old and a 47-year-old all around the table, perhaps some not professing faith younger children perhaps really relying on their parents for a lead in what difference it makes, or teenagers who are actually really hungry to think about the change. So those um, there are three questions at the end of each day's um, Bible session, and the first doesn't assume any relationship with God at all. It's a very open question that is designed p- probably really with o- older children in mind who possibly might be coming slightly reluctantly to the conversation to give them room to express their opinion, but they have to engage with the ideas that have been talked about. But it's in a way that, that gives them a genuine forum to say what they think. The second question I think is probably aimed more at families where younger children need help to see how to apply it. And then more corporate questions. What are we going to do in our household altogether in response to what we've seen about God? And then the third one is more sort of personal, thinking about your own heart your own actions, your own attitudes. Um, and so the idea is that parents can choose. I wanted that the whole resource is written with flexibility in mind so that you could have a seven and seventeen year old doing it together. That's so I hope that parents will choose whatever works best for their family.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's great. And obviously all families are different. So that's great that they've got the options to to pick what works best for them. Um, so how can tell us how people can find out more and get hold of your book if it's something that they'd like to try this year?
1: Oh, thank you. Um, so if you go to www.thegoodbook or one word, uk and search for the god of amazing gifts, that will take you to the page. And if you then actually, if you scroll down the product page to the bottom, there's a set of um, PDF downloads, free printables you can find. So there's a set of baubles you can print and cut out or print in black and white, colour with your kids and cut out. And then there's some suggestions for different ways to use those over the course of Advent and into the new year, either to engage with your children with what you've been thinking about from scripture or to um, use it as as gift-giving mechanisms for thinking about how Mm -hmm. we can give like, jesus over the course of christmas so do check those out i'm really pleased with those the design team the design team have done an amazing job
0: that sounds perfect thank you and we'll also put a a link to the book in the description as well so you can have a look there if you'd like to thank you very much um that's great thank you so much for joining us and for your time Lizzie.
1: thank you very much have a great christmas
2: question to ask your kid to start an interesting conversation. What do you think is God's favourite thing about Christmas? Have a great conversation. We'll be back with episode 11 next week. See you then. Bye.
0: Thank you for
1: downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to
0: find out about training and events near you.